Morning, everyone. Welcome to Friends Church. How y'all doing this morning? You guys look really good. <laughs> I know the masks are all for our safety, but seeing your smiling faces is warmth to my heart. Uh, first, let me say thank you for everybody who donates on a regular basis to Friends Church to make sure this thing works. Thank you. You're incredible people. Um, we couldn't do this without you. If you look around wherever you are, not only is this helping you, it's helping the person next to you. So thanks for making the world a little bit better that way. If you don't donate or this isn't part of what you've done before and you want to support Friends Church, uh, all the information is right there. And there's a black box at the very back. If you see the smiling people by the back door, there's a little black box. You can put a little envelope, get a tax receipt. The government lets you get a tax break for this. How nice is that? Thank you, Trudeau. Appreciate it. Okay, how do you know you're stressed? How do you know? <laughs> if you've ever listened to me, when I'm stressed, you can hear it in my voice. I talk like this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Fresh Church. How's it going? Anyone else can hear their stress in their voice? How about in your breathing? You know, that kind of breathing? Anyone? Where do you feel it in your body? <laughs> My ex-wife used to have this little patch right here. We called it the stress patch. As soon as she started being stressed, she'd sit there like this. Stress actually changes our body chemistries so that we have breakouts and eczema, all sorts of weird stuff. Anyone short and irritable when they're stressed? Of course, that's not me. I'm very friendly. I'm not an ass at all. I apologize. Sorry, babe. How do you know you're stressed? And how stressed are you right now? Just take a second. How are you feeling? We've just come through. So I remember, everyone remember where they were when 9-11 happened? I remember walking into school. I was going to seminary at the time big TV on, and we're like, what is going on? I was like, this is by far the craziest thing that's going to happen in my whole lifetime. I was dead wrong. This pandemic is something that I don't think anyone has ever thought we'd ever experience. So after 14 months of lockdowns and masks and uncertainty and businesses being shut down and fear of getting sick and getting sick and vaccines and all this stuff, we're coming through a time when we're probably at the most stressed we've ever been as a society. Can you feel it in your body? As my voice starts to climb up. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to let some of that stress go? That's what I want to talk about today. I want to teach you all and teach me, because this is something I'm working on, even in the meeting beforehand. I'm working on this. How do we let this stress go? Because wouldn't it be nice to go through our lives with less stress? To not have that constant feeling of tension in our chest or breathing funny or sighing. Oh yeah, I'm also a sigher. <laughs> I sit down on the couch. <gasps> My wife's like, uh, are you stressed? No. <sighs> He's like, I think you should check that answer, buddy. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to go through not carrying all this stress? 
And our spiritual traditions, and probably every spiritual tradition I've ever studied, has ways to do this. They just frame it in a very different way. But to teach you how to get rid of some of this low-level or maybe high-level stress, I need to tell you a story that we all know. It's the thing that explains how we're going to do it, because really, we're just evolved to do, we think we're kind of all fancy, and, but we're basically just animals. And the stress cycle is tied to the animal part of us. So let's just play. Anyone grow up with um, nature shows? You know those, like the British announcers, like the deer in the savannas, blah, 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 right? And I don't think anyone who has small kids, don't ever show your kids these videos because they were brutal. You know, the, the, the camera would be like, there's this herd of deer and, you know, basically Bambi. Every deer is beautiful and you love them all. It's like, the deer are natural prey in the savanna, right? Then the thing shoots to the lion. There's this lioness sitting in the, the grass. They shoot back and forth, and you're going, oh. you can feel it in your heart already. Like, oh, this is going to go bad. I am literally going to watch Simba kill Bambi. And they're going to show it all. You know, the lion's totally focused. The lion is a natural predator, Right? You see the, the, the slow motion as it goes, the lion sneaking through. And how do the lions do it? They are literally 100% focused. There's someone on video watching them, and the lion's just like 100%. The deer's right there. It's like it's going to it. And the deer are completely oblivious to everything. Everything's fine. We're just eating, chilling out, you know, doing deer things. Until one of them also goes, <gasps> then what happens? They're all just running. And somehow deer go from like chilling, eating, taking a crap, whatever they're doing, to like full sprint down the savanna and the lion's after them. You know, my little eight-year-old brain is just waiting for the death and carnage. Because again, back in my day, they showed that. They showed the, the lion ripping open the deer and that was part of the education. That was part of what you needed to learn. So the deer's running, there's one at the back, she's like the most beautiful deer you've ever seen, and totally choice. The lion's right behind her. You see the last moment where she slips a little bit, and you're like, the lion leaps, it's flying through the air, and of course, this is like hockey, they slow motion this sucker, so you're watching the lion fly through the, the big claws out of its arm, you know, flying through the deer, Bambi's like, you know, fully freaked out. The announcer's like, the life of the deer on the savannah is not an easy one. Really. I'm literally about to watch carnage here, and you had to tell me that. Whatever. Last minute, the, the lion's flying through the air. The deer slipped. You're like, oh, this is bad. Last minute, the deer catches its stride, jerks off this way. The lion's, you know, trying to, like, stab the thing. Misses. Lion kind of tumbles down. Deer takes off. And, of course... Anyone who owns a cat knows what the lion does. It sits down and starts licking its paw like it meant to do that. I didn't miss, I meant to miss. That was the whole plan. Meanwhile, the deer is now six miles away on top of some ridge someplace with the rest of the deer. It's (laughs) freaking out. Near death. Anyone had a near death experience? You know where you spoke got T-boned or something like that? It's full on, its body is freaking out. Now, to do this motion, so remember, lion flying through the air, last minute it catches its thing and then takes off. To do that, the deer's body does something really interesting. It shuts down anything that's not important. 
Taking a crap shuts that off. Digesting its food shuts that off. Sexual reproduction shuts that off. Fires up adrenaline, so it puts basically every bit of energy into its muscles so it can do that last move that will get it away from the lion. It also floods its body with cortisol. Basically, cortisol is so you feel no pain. The lion could have like chewed off its leg and the thing would keep running with cortisol in its system. That's what's floating through this deer. And now it's sitting in this place like just freaked out. It just about got eaten by a lion. And here's my question that I think we all want to know is, how does the deer go from that totally like just on the edge, the ragged edge, to relaxed again? How do you go from a year and a half of a pandemic to relaxed again? How do you go from the fight you had with your partner, the job interview that didn't go well, the performance review, whatever your stress is, how do you go from that? Your body's fired up with adrenaline and cortisol, stuff shut off to save energy. How do you go from that to Do you know the answer? First, we have to break this thing down a little bit. A couple things I want you to notice. Do you notice that there's a stressor? The lion chasing the deer is a stressor. That's different than stress. It's really important as we do this, quite often what we do is we look at our lives and we see all the stressors, things that get me stressed out. My kids getting sent home from school, you know, things not going well at work, losing that job, whatever it is, that's a stressor that sits outside of you that causes stress inside your body. But those are two separate things. And most of the time, what we do is we try and remove the stressors from our lives. But how many parents know you can't get rid of your kids? Anyone who's with a partner, you can't just like kick your partner out. Well, you can, but that gets expensive. Divorces are expensive, I know. So you can't always remove the stressor, but that's different than the stress. That deer will always be in fear of, you know, other lions. There's a million lions of the savannah. There's lightning. I don't know what other things cause deers to have freak-out times. But there's always going to be a stressor. But that's different than the stress. We can't control what's external to us always. But we can control what happens inside of our bodies. We can control how we react. Because stress isn't something out there. Those are stress ores. Stress is a physical thing inside of us. Anyone know how stressed they are? Do you actually know how stressed you are? You might have been living on like unbelievable amounts of stress and that just feels normal to you. So you're like, I'm not stressed, this is just normal. I haven't taken a full breath in the last six years. Who needs breathing? I haven't had a sex drive in, you know, six months. What? That's just normal, isn't it? Do you see how it works? How stressed are you as an objective measure? You can actually measure this. I use a thing called heart rate variability. Anyone heard of heart rate variability? 
I talked a bit about it once. It's a beautiful thing. I have a little app on my phone. This is the, uh, my last measurement for my thing. Ah, the old strain and drain. It's really judgy, this app. So if you're going to get it, it's super judgy. It's constantly telling me, like, you need to take a day off. Screw you, well, Tori. I will do what I want. <laughs> Look at that stress. See the, the number on the right? 80% elevated. They even color code it to make you feel bad. It gets to red. I've gotten it to red. Um, energy, low 26. Productivity, 42. And then basically it says, you're useless at this point. You should just take the day off. I hate Well Tori sometimes. <laughs> Me and my partner have this whole thing with Well Tori. She takes it and then we're like, eh, it's lying today. I feel fine. I don't even know how much stress I have in my body. Do you? I literally have to use an app to measure it because I'm so disconnected from it. And stress, again, stress is what's inside of us. Stressor is the thing that causes it. Stressor can be your kids, your family, stuff that's changed that you don't want changed, a worldwide pandemic for the last year and a half. That's a stressor. But it can also be things like exercise. If you had to do something that really pushed your body, that's considered a stressor. And your body doesn't know the difference. It reacts the same way. So to help y'all, I want you all to do a stress test with me. So you guys can figure out how stressed you are. You open to this? If you're running on the top of Moose Mountain right now, listening to my voice on a podcast, just stop. Do this. Okay, so here's how it works. What we've learned is stress changes how our muscles work. That's pretty straightforward, right? The deer runs faster under stress because there's a bunch of adrenaline in its system. That's a good thing. But if you're currently stressed, there's a bunch of stress in your body, you still have that stuff running through you. You're still firing through with adrenaline and cortisol. You have epigenetic changes. There's all kinds of stuff going on inside of you. So I want to see if you guys can measure it with me. So here's what we do. We're going to breathe together four times. Nice deep breaths through our nose, out through our mouth. So I'll walk you through it. And then the last one I'm going to get you to breathe as deep as you can. And then I want you to blow out your air as slowly as you can. The goal is to see how long you can breathe out for. If, you have, if you're relaxed and you're full breath, first, you'll fill up your lungs properly. Second, you'll have control over your diaphragm. And you'll be able to breathe out for, let's say, 40, let's say even 60, 70 seconds. If you're really in shape, it might even go further than that. <laughs> if you're really in shape and you just took two weeks off, it'll go further than that. If you just did a 5K run this morning just before you came here and went harder if you ran an ultra yesterday, this is going to go bad for you. Because again, there's stress in your body. So, you game for this? Okay, so I got a, a handy stopwatch here. So I'm going to need you guys to breathe four times through your nose and I'll walk you through this, okay? In through your nose. One. Nice and slow out. One more deep breath in through your mouth. Or through your nose. <laughs> That's your second breath. Nice. Out. Third breath. Nice and deep. Breathe all the way out. Last deep breath. In through your nose. Out through your mouth. Okay, we're going to take one more deep breath. When you get to the bottom, you're going to breathe out really slowly. Remember? Breathe in. Slowly breathe out as slow as you can. Keep it for as long as you can go. Slowly breathe out. Just like this. 
You're now 10 seconds in. Some of you are freaking out already. That's okay. You got some stress in your body. It's okay. Just keep slowly breathing it out. We've now hit 20 seconds. If you've run out of breath, just stop and put up your hand. That means that you're done. Okay. <laughs> got some people here who are Vince style. We've got 30 seconds coming up now. Everyone's still breathing out. Anyone had to stop breathing? Oh, boy. And 40 seconds. Is anyone still breathing out slowly? Oh, yeah. Keep it going, folks. Keep it going. Keep it going. We're at 45 seconds right now. So you're now in the calmer stage of life. Anyone still breathing out? Oh, yeah, we're still going strong. Some of you are, like, incredible. We're now at 60 seconds. You're officially in the healthy phase of stress. Anyone still breathing out? Oh, I'm just going to say, who all is breathing out still right now? Fantastic work. You're all in fantastic shape. He's laughing at me. (laughs) If you are somewhere between zero and 40 seconds, that tells us there's a whole lot of adrenaline in your body. Oh, yeah, 20 seconds. If you didn't make 20 seconds, I'm sorry. It's, you're in trouble right now. You need to go and see a doctor or something. I don't know. <laughs> 20 to 40 seconds, not great. 40 seconds to 60 seconds, pretty good. It means you have good control of your body. That fight or flight system's not taking over. If you can go longer than that, probably you're in good shape. Or you've trained this a long time. Mr. Vince Fowler. So, how stressed are you? Were you surprised at your number? You can literally measure this regularly. You can get up in the morning, do this test, go to a job interview, measure it after, see what happens. You'll find your numbers shift dramatically. Have a fight with someone you love, it'll shift your number. And now you know, yeah, I do have some stress I need to let go. I have probably more stress than I expected. Whenever I do this test, I'm always like, wow, there's more going on in my body than I was expecting. So stressors exist outside of us. Stress is something physical. It's something that lives inside of us. Now that you know how much stress you have, are we ready to start letting it go? Because I don't know you, but like the fact that I could hardly make 20 seconds is kind of embarrassing. And clearly, I'm carrying a lot. And it's justified, isn't it? After the year we've had. So how do you let this go? How do you lower your stress? To do it, I want to tell a quick story from our spiritual tradition. We've been talking the last couple of months about a guy named Jacob. Jacob the trickster. Basically, he's a liar. He's a bad person. But anyone ever lie and then feel the stress of trying to keep track of what your lies were? In my world, when I pictured picture Jacob. He's tall and skinny like me, and he sighs a lot because he's got a whole lot of stress going on. So put on him whatever your feeling is. If you get tension in your chest from stress, that's his life. So the story sets up. He's just screwed his brother over. He's basically stole his entire inheritance. This is bad. His brother isn't upset. His brother is trying to kill him now. And rightly so, right? He steals everything that his brothers ever have. And if you ever have a brother, I've tried to kill my brother for less. So Jacob is just losing it. 
He's running away from his brother and he runs to, can, essentially out of town, runs as far as he can, just keeps running and running and running and running. He's like that deer. His nervous system's freaking out. His body's full of adrenaline and cortisol. He can't even feel the blisters on his feet anymore. His body stopped digesting his food. His bathroom routine is going to be completely out of whack. He has no sex drive. And he gets to the end in the middle of nowhere and he stops. And here's what the story says. Now again, this is old stories of our spiritual tradition. So the languaging they use is they speak about God in a very particular way. It's not the way that it needs to be. Just kind of see it through their eyes. So the author writes this in the language of the character God. God says to Jacob, arise, go to Bethel, and settle there. Make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. It's a pretty benign statement, except for one thing. Has anyone ever built an altar before? The whole story is hinged on understanding what that means. An altar was a pile of rocks, a very particular pile. Now, a couple years ago, I was out in the Ghost River Valley, so just if you go through Cochrane and keep going, in the winter, we go in there to go ice climbing. And so you drive your 4 by 4 in across a bunch of creeks to get to where you go to the ice climbing area. And we're driving across a creek, everything's fine, until my truck drops through the ice into the flowing water. Not awesome. Adrenaline, cortisol, body stops digesting. I'm thinking about what is a tow charge for eight hours of four by fouring in the middle of nowhere, not to mention getting it out of a creek. How exactly is this going to go? So we get out. The ice is so high, I can't drive up on the ice anymore. My truck is just literally sunk in the middle with an ice thing around it. It's not moving. I drive and it just spins. We brought an axe, chopping through this much ice. Yeah, we spent an hour doing that. That didn't work. And then we did something that I've never done before. Now, any of you who's done landscaping, this is a familiar job. We figured we need to build a ramp to get the truck out of the creek on top of the ice. And how does one build a ramp in the middle of nowhere? You get stones and you pile them one on top of the other. For the next three hours, we walked about 200 meters, picked up the biggest stone we could carry, walked it all the way back, dropped it behind the, the tire, grabbed the next one. We just kept piling and piling and piling. What does a pile of rocks look like? An altar. Now here's the thing. Let's go back to the deer. The deer has just escaped the lion. The lion's pretending that it meant to miss the deer, right? It's over there. The deer's now hanging out with all its deer buddies. She's just literally escaped death. Her system's freaked out. She's full of adrenaline, but now she's safe. She can see the lion way out there. It's not a danger. She's with her buddies. Anyone remember from the show? What does she do? You see, like, first her coat starts to twitch. I don't know how animals do that, but, like, their skin starts to move. And then she just starts freaking out. Her whole body starts freaking out. What is she doing? You see, here's how our bodies work. 
When we've gone into the stress cycle at the max, we're, you know, life or death, adrenaline, cortisol, everything's shut off, all the important stuff that we don't need, gone. What tells our body to go back to normal again? She shakes. You see any animal, they have a near escape with like a car, they get killed by a car, they go off the corner. Um, one of the, or the main researchers in trauma, his name's uh, Peter Levine, uh, he tells a story in the, his book, um, he gets hit by a car. So he's flying through the air, lands, stuff's broken, and the first thing the paramedic says to him when he gets there is, don't move, we think you have a broken neck. What do you think his body needs to do in that moment? What does our spiritual tradition say in the language of God to Jacob at the end of his stress cycle? Build an altar. And what does that look like? You go and you move and you lift heavy stones and you drop them in place. It would be cooler if he said, go shake like a deer. I think that would have been a way cooler story. But our tradition formalized this. It said, after any big stressful event, do a bunch of heavy labor that gets your body moving so that you can complete the stress cycle. This is what our bodies are evolved to do. Our spiritual tradition just languaged it in religion, and that's fine. It said you need to complete the cycle. So here's the question I want to ask you all, and this is the question that sat, sat with me when I started writing this. How many stress cycles do I have open right now? How many stress cycles do you have open right now? Fights that didn't, you didn't finish and didn't resolve. Near misses. I was thinking about this last night as I was trying to sleep. <laughs> I don't have any stress, I can't sleep, what do you mean? It doesn't work that way. I'm in bed and I, I told you guys a story, I got caught in an avalanche once, we were ice climbing and I got buried. I'm obviously alive so I made it through, but I could feel as I was laying in my bed last night, I was like, I wanna move because I, I don't think I finished that one. It's still in me somehow. Can you feel the different stressors? and the stress cycles that haven't been closed yet, completed? What do you need to do to complete those cycles? There's a couple things. First, I wanna make sure that you guys realize there's stressors and then there's the stress that it causes inside of our bodies. Those are separate things. Each one of us will react to a stressor differently. So one person, you know, buried in the avalanche, they're like, it's like Thursday to me, man. It doesn't even bother me. Me? I was a little freaked out. I remember driving out and we saw a guy and we were like, holy, you know, there's a lot of expletives. We just got caught in an avalanche. The guy's like, well, did you hike back up and see where it broke off? I'm trying not to crap my pants right now is what I'm doing. That's what's going on. Maybe that guy was like, avalanches, no big deal. For me, freaked me out. PTSD for months after. Realize there's a difference between the stress in our bodies and the stressor. I was reading an article, said with our vaccination rates, our case counts dropping, lovely. And I could feel myself being like, oh, maybe this sucker's over. But anyone who reads news knows how that ends, right? But 
There's another lion in the trees right there, right? There's countries that aren't vaccinated at all, and there's variants that are growing in there. They're going to take us all out. We're all going to die. Most of our world is kind of designed to not complete the stress cycle. So realize there will always be stressors. But that doesn't mean you can't complete the cycle. We just came through a year and a half of pretty major restrictions. Yes, things might have problems. We might go back to other stuff. There might even be other lockdowns. I don't know. But we don't have to wait for the stressors to go away to complete the cycle. So how do you complete the cycle? I have three things. First is movement, right? That's the deer. That's my cat. I stepped on its tail last night. Stupid cat. Why are you sitting in front of the door in the middle of the night? You know, it takes off and it's like, uh. Movement. Move your bodies. I originally heard this concept of completing the stress cycle through a book called Burnout by the Nagoski sisters. If any of you, so I'm just going to put a, a side plug. If any of you are female, have females in your life, are sexual with females, have any care for females, read this book called Come As You Are by Emily, or uh, what's her name? Nagoski. What's her first name? Thank you, Emily Nagoski. Her sister's name is Amelia, and her name is Emily. Okay, Emily Nagoski. Read that book. This should be mandatory reading. If you have a vagina or any interest in vaginas, read this book. In her book on sexuality, female sexuality, she had this chapter on stress. And she had all these women in her book tour coming to her. First, she's stressed to the nines. She, they're all come to her and they're going, oh yeah, that's nice about, you know, dual pedal, blah, 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 sexuality. I'm stressed. And what does stress do to our sexuality? It turns it off. The deer's brain's saying, now's not the time to have sex and a baby. Now's the time to run away from the lion. Shuts all that stuff off. She had all these women saying, look, sexuality's all fine and good, but I'm stressed. It's shut off. And so she wrote a next book called Burnout, her and her sister. Basically teaches you, how does your body work? Under stress, what happens? And I'd never heard, how do you complete the cycle? I never realized that that shake at the end, that's important. Anyone have kids, you know, they stub their toe or something like that, what do they do? Yeah, they jump around, they probably cry, they probably cry more than they need to, according to your parent in the supermarket, you know. You're like, come on, kid. But what happens when you cry? These little kids, they're like, ah, you know, they're just freaking out. What's their bodies doing? Completing the cycle. As we get adults, we realize, wait a second, that's not cool to complete the cycle. I shouldn't move like that. I shouldn't cry. I should repress it all. How's that all working for us? Anyone need any antidepressants? Because that's a lot of stress to carry. First thing you do is move. Said, first line of attack in the battle against burnout, movement. That's how you complete the cycle. That's the deer. That's lifting the rocks onto the altar. That's the dance party in your house. Who has had a dance party in their house in the last week? Dave? Nothing? I'm a little shocked. Dance party's movement. I realize I go for a run. <laughs> My partner will say often, like, when I have a couple days off and I'm not dirt biking or mountain biking, I'm not an awesome person. 
because I deal with my stress. That's how I complete the cycle. After five hours of dirt biking, I'm like, oh, I feel amazing. I can't even lift my arms, but man, do I feel good. So what does movement look like for you? Go for a walk. Run. Play hockey. Dance. Can you give yourself permission to move, to complete the stress cycle? Have a tantrum on the floor, like old school. I saw one lady, she, I was going to play it for you. She's like, okay, as an adult, here's how you do now. Protect your knees. Um, don't lay down on anything hard. She's like, <laughs> like full on, just ripping it up. But she's like, make sure you have pillows because you don't, you know, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Safety tantruming, is that what that is? Move your body, cry. Don't like do a Vince cry where it's like, you know, when there's a tear leaking down my face, and I'm like, no, like, you know, do the full-on, like, you know, ugly cry where you shake and your stomach convulses. Completes the cycle. Okay, movement. Got movement? Second thing, breath. Polyvagal nervous system. I talk about this all the time. If you breathe into your upper chest, that's what your body does when it's running away from the lion. And your body works the other way. If you start breathing into your upper chest, it thinks there's a lion. So I know you think your brain makes your body do something, but actually your body tells your brain there's something wrong. So if you breathe up here, your body is saying something's wrong, and your brain goes, something's wrong. Where's the lion? Anyone lay in bed and have their brain just like spinning through all the things that could go wrong, and you're like, I already thought about that one five minutes ago. Why are we still thinking about that? Your body is designed. So this is what happens when the deer gets to the end. At the beginning when it's running, <laughs> gets to the end. <sighs> See my belly? <sighs> Take a deep breath into your belly. <sighs> your body's all just go like this. <sighs> it's another way your body says, I'm safe. Now in 2021, what do we all want to do after COVID has kept us in the house? We want to suck in our bellies so we look fitter than we are, right? So we breathe like this. <laughs> Stop it. That's just messing with your brain. It's putting adrenaline and cortisol into your system. Do you know that too much adrenaline, especially for women's nervous systems, will burn out your adrenal glands by the time you're 40 if you don't do this well? We're seeing this rising epidemic of women with autoimmune issues What's happened is their bodies have metabolized so much adrenaline for the last however many years that they just used up an organ that was supposed to last their whole lifetime. They used it up in 40 years. Don't raise your hand, but you know who I'm talking about, right? Breathe. Think of that buried under an avalanche. Breathe. Feel the stress just flow out of your limbs, out of your feet, or out of your hands. All of you are sitting like this right now. Can you feel it? That's how we hold it. Sorry, I don't mean to call you all out, but I do it all the time. Sitting on the couch like this, she's, my wife's like, you okay? Yep, fine. 
Just moving my stress nowhere. Be like the deer. Shake it out. Final thing. What happens to the deer? It runs. Where does it go? It doesn't go off on its own someplace in the middle of nowhere to have some quiet time. It doesn't go get a sandwich or a bag of chips and like chow down. It doesn't numb out on Netflix for the next hour. What does it do? Yes. Hangs out with all the other deer. You should be preaching this one today, man. This guy's good. Be with people, not scary people, safe people. People make our nervous systems go, (sighs) now some of us have messed up nervous systems and it's kind of not true for us, or at least it's tricky. We tend to want to be by ourselves, but what does the deer do to release its stress? It goes and hangs out with the other deers. What happens when a a little kitten, you know, does something stupid? Its mom comes over and starts to lick it, grooms it. We are social creatures. Try freaking out. So your body's full of adrenaline and cortisol, and it's got all that stuff running through it, and then go hug someone you love for 20 seconds. What happens? For the first five minutes, what happens is we fight it. First five minutes, that was a Freudian slip on my part. I'm not good at hugs. I'm still working on those. First five seconds, what happens? We're like fighting it, like, I will not relax. Yeah, I'm stressed. There's too much going on. Be with people you like. Be with people who are nice and loving. Be that person. I hope it's okay to tell the story, Alessandra. She was saying that she has a kid in her class, no, that's not true. Let me, I'm gonna paraphrase the story so it's probably has no connection to anything real. There's a kid in the class who's got a lot of stress. Something stressed, there's a stressor, the kid cries. If this is a grade six, socially we're a little bit in this land, right? By six we're expecting kids not to cry. But the kid cries. The teachers all freaked out. There's a kid in my class crying. Why is the kid crying? Stop it. What would we tell the teacher right now? Yeah, shake it off. Why don't you go cry with the kid? Quit bitching about the kid. Go cry with him. Just like wail it out. Give him a hug. I don't know, are you allowed to hug kids in school? That might be inappropriate. Check with whatever policies you have in the school before you follow my advice. I'm a pastor, not a teacher, so whatever. Hug the kid. Right? Be close to them. Take a couple deep breaths at the end. Those like, <laughs> you know, those really snotty ones that you do at the end of crying. How would that feel to that kid? Folks, we have stress in our lives because we have stressors. You can't get rid of all the stressors. You can't stop the pandemic. You can't stop traffic. You can't stop people being jerks in your life. You can't. You can't stop illness. All that stuff is there. But don't think that if I could just complete my to-do list, if I could just finish this thing, if I just work a little harder, then everything will be fine. No, that's focusing on the stressor. I want you to focus on the stress cycle. Be the deer. Next time you feel yourself being stressed, what's the first thing the deer does? It moves. 
Second thing, it takes a deep breath. Third, it's with people. That's how you complete the stress cycle. Feel your bodies right now. How do they feel? Anyone want to take a nap? We do this not just to make your lives better, although hopefully I did. I was writing this message and it wasn't going well. I'm like writing like, move when you're stressed, and I'm all stressed. I'm like, wait, I'm reading what I'm writing, and I'm like, wait, that might be good advice. So I walked out to the edge of the valley right there. It's called uh, Sandy Beach. It's not really a beach. The bank fell in. Don't get me started on that. But here in Alberta, we call that a beach. I stood out in front of all the other dog walkers. And I was just like doing things like, ah. I was like, oh, I feel much better now. <sighs> right? I can do this to feel better, but look what happens now. I come home, and how am I with my wife? She says something. She needs a little something from me. Instead of being right on the edge of like, that stress is gone. Traffic, someone cuts me off, and instead of having this like epic finger thing down the deer foot, you know, for the next 10 minutes, I'm like, ah, dude, sucks to be you. Bet your sex drive's turned off right now. (laughs) Bet you haven't taken a crap in a while. Right? I'm just chill. Look at how we can interact with the world. We exist to inspire you guys. Inspire me to make this world a little bit better. That's the goal of French Church. That's why we do this. That's why everything that happens in here, the volunteers, the kids downstairs, all of it is to inspire you all and me to make the world around us a little bit better. So not only is this going to help you, I'm telling you, it's going to change the world around you for the better. Now, it's always funny. As soon as they walk up on stage, you all aren't paying attention to me anymore, are you? Hello, I'm over here. <laughs> he asked, did I get my truck out? Yes, as a matter of fact, we did. Three hours of piling stones. We made two little altars, got that sucker out, and then drove around another way and went ice climbing. It was lovely. But it felt different. And you all can feel different too. So here's the last thing we're going to try. If you're going to hear this on podcast, if you're running through you know, Moose Mountain right now listening to my voice, sucks to be you, you should have been here. Because we're going to have a dance party. Now, some of your bodies just went stressful. There's a stressor. There's a dance party. What do we do to complete the stress cycle? We move. We breathe. What's going to happen when you sing along to this song? And we do it together. So I want to invite you. (laughs) Your faces are hilarious. You're just all like, screw you, closet. Try it. Just go crazy. Let it have fun. Alessandra's going to lead us in basically the first Friend Church dance party ever. Ready? (laughs) 